Hey guys, and welcome to the very first episode of the Undiscovered Podcast. I am so excited, so, so excited to even be in your earbuds right now, in your on your iPhone, on your Android, even have this conversation with you because it has taken me so long to even get to this space. Um, for those of you that do not know, I am the chief content creator. I am the head honcho. I am the one woman band behind the Undiscovered Blogger brand. So I am, in essence, of course, rightfully aired the throne. <laughs> Rest in peace, Game of Thrones. Um, I am the host for the Undiscovered Podcast. I am going to be the one that you tune into every week. And I'm the one that's sharing the behind the scenes journey of how I am building this brand into a business, which is what the Undiscovered Blogger is all about. So I'm excited. I'm very excited to be here. I'm very excited to be sharing this journey with you. It's taken me a very long time to even get to this space because... <sighs> It takes a lot to be transparent. It takes a lot to be vulnerable. And I don't know if you're an extrovert or if you're an introvert or if you even believe in those terminologies, but I very much so am. I'm a cancer. I like to be in my shell, my little bubble, which is why I'm not very heavily prevalent on social media, which is why, you know, my picture isn't everywhere out there um, promoting the Undiscovered Blogger because I'm more so behind the scenes. I love to be behind the scenes, um, but I still want to be able to share the journey with my tribe, with our community. Community, which is where the Undiscovered podcast has come from. And today we're going to go back in time and I'm going to explain where the Undiscovered blogger even came from. I feel and many other individuals, small bloggers and entrepreneurs and marketers feel when you understand the story behind something it makes you appreciate it and value it so much more. And I want the Undiscovered Blogger to be a brand that you trust um, for transparency and authenticity. And I want to be someone that you trust for transparency and authenticity. And you can't build that foundation without sharing the, the beginning, sharing the origin of the story. So that is what we're going to be doing today. I'm going to be sharing the journey with you and giving you the ins and outs of where it came from, where it's going, what it's going to be and let's hop into it so about nine months ago I um, was at my job the job that I'm currently still at and I was um, working of course and I'm thinking to myself god I feel really unfulfilled and I'm sure a lot of you you feel like that and that probably was your catalyst for starting whatever brand that you're in the process of creating Um, but I was feeling very unfulfilled I was working at this job um, then for about a year and a half, two years. And I just knew I wanted more. And luckily I live in a city, Atlanta. Uh, If you did not know, I live in Atlanta and Atlanta, uh, like many of you probably believe about your city, Atlanta is growing super duper fast and everywhere is growing. Atlanta is growing extremely fast though, as if you didn't know, because we have film here and, you know, we have the arts and we have music and we have so many head honchos and, and corporate offices and so much is being done here in Atlanta that we are growing exponentially. It is growing very fast. But with all that growth means an influx of people coming from different backgrounds and different ethnicities and different personalities. And it's just becoming a really great melting pot. And that's what I appreciate about this city. It also has a really great um, spirit of motivation here. Everyone here is doing something. So like I said, we have film industries here. We have music industries here. We have a great food scene. We have festivals. Like we are, a, a, we're a city. We're a legit city. And 
with that, everyone here has got their hands in so many different things. You learn very early what it means to be a hustler here. Everyone here is hustling towards something, especially with me working in Buckhead and being around this energy all day, every day. I am always, you know, embarking on this whole self-revelation journey, but it was something about this day in October that I was like, you know what? I really, really want more. I want more. I want to do more. And I said, well, I, you know, I'm not going back to school. That's just not where I want to be. That's not what I want to do. What is the next best thing? Uh, duh, create a business, do something with yourself. So I said, okay, well, let's create a business. Let's do that. And I start to sit back and I start to assess, you know, okay, what are my skills? Of course, the first thing that you want to think about when you're creating a business is do I have any specific skill sets that I can provide to, you know, my community? So I'm like, okay, let's go ahead and create a business. And I'm like, well, what are you good at? You are really good at organizing stuff. And so I hop online and I type in organizing in Atlanta just to see, you know, what what came up, what would come up? Because organizing isn't something like accounting or, you know, even interior decorating. Like it's very a very specific niche. It, you you serve a very specific audience. So I looked up and. Uh, professional organizing was a legit trade. It was a legit business. And I'm researching all of these head honchos in the industry. And these women are making money. I mean, they're charging $350, $450 a session. And these are homes that need multiple sessions. So naturally, they're taking on multiple clients, multiple sessions, and it becomes, you know, recurring revenue for them if they come back, you know, once or twice a month to keep to maintain everything. It just seemed like a really good idea. So um, oh, and might I add, they even dip and dive into c celebrity homes. So if you're ever looking at like The Real Housewives or um, other these other shows where you get to kind of see behind the scenes, a lot of these people hire professional organizers to come in and organize their shit. Um, so I was like, well, you know, ultimately that would be my dream. I would love to go in and, you know, go into a celebrity's home, this mega, mega mansion and just have my day with it. Just organize and prettyfy everything. And, you know, it just... Uh, just live life on my own terms. It just made sense. And I'm looking at all these pictures on Pinterest and I'm researching all of these other professional organizers and it just seems so nice and just, it's like the, the life that I wanted to have. And I go ahead and I start researching what it meant to actually build a service-based business. And that was the first time I was exposed to what business was. I unfortunately don't come from a background where I know people that own businesses. I don't have family members that own businesses. So I was never well-versed in business terminology. And I didn't take business in school either. I took, you know, med med medicinal classes. I took, you know, science and chemistries. And, and that's what I was taking at the time. So... I go ahead and I become exposed to all these different terminologies. And at this time, you know, this is when the, the, the term influencer marketing was being thrown around a lot. Content marketing, I was being exposed to copywriting, um, content, the word content in general. I didn't even know what the heck that was until I became exposed to it with building this business. So I'm doing the legwork. I'm building the foundation. I'm doing all my research and I come up with the name method and order rest in peace, girl. I come up with the name and it just, it all starts to work out. Everything starts to come into place. And when you're dealing with the service-based industry um, profession, 
you realize very early on, it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. You have to be able to get out there, get into your community, make connections, build relationships, especially working relationships with realtors and interior decorators and, you know, all these people that, in essence, you would cross slap with in your industry. And I'm doing all that. I'm out there, you know, putting myself out there and it's going good. I go to a couple networking events. It's all going good. So I go to a specific networking event one night and I ask a good friend of mine to go with me and we go in there. And like I said, I live in Atlanta. Atlanta is it's a melting pot. It's a lot of, of ethnicities here, um, but predominantly black and white are the predominant um, ethnicities here, black people, and white people. And this event was pretty much 80% Caucasian people and 20% African-American people. And while that was okay, me as a minority, of course, when I go into a space, I want to feel represented, especially in a, a city like Atlanta, where the place that I go to, I'm already represented because there are so many black people here. So go to a networking event and not feel represented um, alone as a black woman in two separate demographics. I was like, eh, this is a little lackluster. And I started to think back on the money that I had spent. So I had spent $20 to get in. Uh, of course, the event, I bought my ticket. And then I spent, I think, another 10 bucks on a cocktail. So in essence, I spent 30 bucks. I made amazing connections that night. So let me preface that it had, you know, the, the connections, the work was not, <laughs> was not in vain at all. I definitely made the most of the situation. I, I built some great connections with some great people, but I still felt represented. Uh, I'm sorry, unrepresented in the, in the demographic in the group. And so I was like, you know, I'm walking out with my friend who went with me to the event and I start writing numbers and I'm like, well, boo, there was probably about, you know, roughly about 100, 150 people in that event. And we spent, you know, 30 bucks, 20 bucks to get in, 10 bucks for a cocktail. I said, did you ever see a host or anything? And she's like, no, I didn't see anyone. So there was no host there. And it seemed like the people that were working the event were probably, um, you know, added on employees, people that, you know, that were just doing gigs. This was considered a gig for them. This wasn't their career per se. And so I started to do some research. I look into the foundation, you know, the brand of the event. And I realized that this event was created by a woman a couple years back. Um, who had just created, created, <laughs> what's going on with my words today? She had just graduated college and she was, she was attending networking events, trying to get her foot in the door professionally. And all the events that she was going to was geared to, um, individuals who were 40 or older, you know, old people. And on, honestly, that's what I thought networking events were for the longest. We're just for old people that came and they, you know, drunk coffee and, and ate stale crackers and it just had elevator music playing. It just did not make an interesting situation that I wanted to be a part of. And so that's that was the events that she was going to consistently where she was at. So she decided that she wanted to create a brand geared towards networking events for people under the age of 40. And that was what her brand was about. And it just made sense for her to do it because she saw a need and she went on ahead and created a solution. So she, of course, she invited her friends and it went, what turned into a one-time event has now multiplied and monopolized into, you know, a actual brand that goes state to state hosting several events a month. And she's making serious dough when I ran these numbers when I left her event. And that, you know, definitely lit the fire underneath my ass to be like, okay, well, I like this. <laughs> I like this a lot. I feel like, you know, I'm really invested in method and order. Now I'm going to get this up and running. Um, 
but I went to my first house that week and things, you know, took a, took a turn for the left. I realized I was not invested in Method and Order. Uh, it, the idea of what it could be was so much more alluring than what it was when I walked in. Because you have to think about it. Yes, you see the pretty pictures of everything being organized and color coded at the end. But God, you do not see what it looks like beforehand. I went to this house and there was shit up the walls. <laughs> like there was stuff everywhere and me and my personality it was just too overwhelming for me I couldn't even wrap my mind around where to even begin and physically I couldn't do it all by myself I would have needed to hire a team and I realized really quickly that I would need to a scale back to small areas and you know market my my services in small areas and take a serious price cut for something that I was I learned I wasn't really passionate about. I enjoyed doing it, but it wasn't something I could see myself doing every single day for the rest of my life. Of course, specifically not physically. I could never do it every single day for the rest of my life. So when you couple that with the fact that I had just left a networking event where I felt underrepresented and I realized, you know, networking events may have been an untouched gold mine based on the numbers that I was running in my head from her brand. I said, well, shoot, let's, let's pivot. Let's go a different direction. And I created the brand Remodel Black. And as you could tell remodel meaning change black mean of course the color I wanted to change the conversation around how black women were able to congregate and network specifically with one another um, I wanted to create exactly what she had created for a, a market that I felt that she um, well that the brand itself maybe was not catering to in whole um, I want and I, I knew that I could probably cater to it a lot better because I am a black woman I identify as a black I'm a black woman so I could probably create it you know better so I went on ahead and I created Remodel Black and I did all the, I once again did the lead work for it. I created a website, created content, went on ahead and got some business cards made. I'm, you know, spreading the word in the community and I go ahead and start the preparation process for building my first events. And I'm so excited and things are going great and the event comes and it goes and it's, it's success. It's, it was great. I enjoyed every single bit of it. And then I took a step back and realized financially what had just happened <laughs> and, and where I found myself. <laughs> and it, I was not happy with it. And I realized, you know, running the numbers down the line, I would need to significantly increase the cost of my tickets, which is not what I wanted to do. I didn't want to go over, you know, $25, $30 for a networking, because it's a networking, but for a networking ticket, I did not want to go over that much. Um, but I would have needed to, to be able to even potentially break even, um, or I would need to sell more tickets, a lot more tickets. And at the time I was in the financial space to be able to run Facebook ads, you know, consistently and do this and do that. I wasn't, I didn't have the money for it. Even with the full-time job, after investing all those funds into that first event, I did not have the capital to go back and do another event. Um, and consistently do events once a month, which is how I had set the brand up to be. So I felt a little defeated, not even going to lie. I was a little like bummed out. But when I was able to take a step back from, you know, the smoke when it, when it cleared, I realized that I was sitting on a diamond. <laughs> 
I hopped up and I was, I was sitting on a diamond and I didn't even realize that the past six months of me going through two separate brands would lead me exactly to where I needed to be servicing an underrepresented community in a way, in a, in a language that I could speak very fluently in a way that, um, I would be able to still relate to. And that's where that undiscovered blogger came about. Um, I am currently building a actual brand geared towards um, helping small bloggers go from small bloggers to small businesses while also being a brand transitioning from small blogger to small business. And I felt, oh my gosh, like what the hell? This is it, girl. This is where you are supposed to be. <laughs> this is what you're supposed to be doing. And I'm excited because that is exactly what the Undiscovered Blogger is about. I've been able to create the foundation of two separate brands that I ultimately did not see myself being inserted in any any longer at that time and use those those skill sets, use all those hiccups and those those trials and tribulations and, and mess ups and be able to put all that knowledge into the undiscovered blogger brand. Couple that with the fact that I actually am in sales. I've been in sales for the past 10 years. I know how to sell my ass off. I know what it means to sell products and sell, you know, services. I know how to do this. When you match those things together, it, it only makes sense for me to want to create a brand where I'm able to, you know, be as transparent, authentic as possible and share my journeys and what I know with my tribe and my community while also showing them that I'm right there with them. I'm building this right here with you. I'm not at the finish line waiting for you. I'm running, I'm running right next to you. And that is what the Undiscovered Podcast is all about. Me being able to be that motivation in your ear telling you, girl, I am running in this race with you. I'm going to share with you all the issues, the behind the scenes drama when it comes to creating a brand and a business, because I don't want to be like, you know, what my first business was, where I only show you the good and, and the end product and what it looks like now. And, you know, I'm only showing you my invoice from this month where I made $250,000 and $60,000. I don't want to wait until I'm at that point to share my story. I want to share my story the whole way through. So if you ride with me from the beginning right now, when I ain't making no money to in a year, when I am making, you know, enough money to give out business grants to my tribe and everything of that nature, then that is what I want to show. That is what I want to do. And that is what the Undiscovered Podcast is all about. I'm so excited that you're here tuning in and that you're choosing it to ride this ride with me. And I'm so excited to see where we end up at the end and, and, it's going to be a great journey. That's just what it boils down to. It's going to be a great journey. And I can't wait to share and unfold this story with you. Tune in next week, next Thursday, and we'll go ahead and discuss something that I learned very early on with Method and Order, which was the concept of branding. And ugh, I'm going to share with you a, a specific little issue that I had. And we'll go ahead and dive into what I could have did better and what I've learned so far with branding that Discover blogger brand. <laughs> Talk to you later.